I am Tova Cito. I believe our lives should be happy, healthy, and abundant. And I believe it's our job to get us there. Every week, I will have inspiring, educational, and fun conversations that will help you live your very best life. Welcome to The Remedy. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to another week of The Remedy with Tovacito. We are so happy that you have decided to join us today. So whether you're on a commute or on a long road trip or on a walk or a jog or on the Peloton, you know, I just got a Peloton. Do you know how bad I need a Peloton? (laughs) Do you know I don't even know what a Peloton is? (laughs) (laughs) I can't be that surprising. (laughs) It's a bike and I need it so bad right now. Um, Anyway, we're so happy that you have joined us today, and we are especially grateful for the sponsor of today's episode, Dawn Perotti. Oh my gosh, she was so sweet. She gave a very generous donation. Um, She said uh, when she Venmoed me, she was like, thanks so much for making my drive, something to the effect of my drive back from Georgia more bearable. She listened to the remedy for the whole, the whole drive. She was like, I learned so much. I was like, right on. Um, so thank you so much, Dawn. And if you are interested in, um, in sponsoring an episode, we would so appreciate it. It's super easy. All you have to do is go to tovacito.com and click on the remedy and then click on make a contribution or, uh, you can Venmo me at at Tova dash Cedo and on Venmo. And it's, we make it really, really, really easy to contribute. I know a lot of people are enjoying, enjoying the remedy right now, especially with a little bit of extra time on their hands. And so, oh yes. <laughs> and so uh, if you are enjoying it and want to contribute, we would sure appreciate it. And of course, we're so excited for today because we have Janice on and everybody, including me, I was at, um, I was just telling Janice, I was at a lake house this weekend and I, the only thing that made it like somewhat bearable to come back to Dallas (laughs) (laughs) was knowing that I was going to get to have this conversation with you today. So, It's true, Janice. You are so good. And like, I was literally um, thinking about how, how I'm just so excited. Like you're, you're just so good and fun and easy. Oh, you're so sweet. And smart. (laughs) I'm not sure everybody would use those words. Well, I (laughs) would. husband and my children. <laughs> That's what I always say. People are like, oh, Toby. I'm like, call Carter. He'll tell you the truth. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> He'll tell you how it really is. <laughs> uh, isn't that the truth? That's so funny. <laughs> Carter will oh. tell you what it's really like. <laughs> how are you doing in COVID, Kev? How are you and your bride? Oh, God, I'm just so sick of all this. It's <laughs> I was doing a lot better for a while. You know, it seems things kind of seem like they were gradually getting back to normal. And now it seems like we've just taken a big step backwards and it kind of sucks. Yeah. 
you know, just very, uh, very lethargic feeling again. So I'm very grateful to have the opportunity to come in here and do this show today also. Me too. How's so your bride? Kevin, what do She's you, good. what are you want, Kevin? Yes. Oh, sorry. I thought you cut out. Oh, no. So what are you wanting to do that you can't do right now? Um, I think mostly is I don't like that work is not as busy and that a lot of work is yeah. being done remotely and at home. I think that drives me nuts. Mm-hmm. I don't feel productive. And I think that weighs heavily on my mental well-being because I don't feel productive or, you know, purposeful. Yeah. 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 And I, I mean, and I do get a lot of things done doing from home and we do working from home and doing Zoom and I do a lot of editing and production and that kind of stuff, but not as much in the field, in the studio. And that's the stuff that I, that I really like. Yeah. 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 Can you not have, have you not had a lot of people in there, even if they wore masks and stuff? Actually, no, it's still been pretty, um, most of the people who do regular shows like weekly have still been coming in. One of the things that kind of sucks though, is I love the onboarding process of starting new shows. And a lot of the people who are getting started, I've had to kind of put on hold. Um, Oh yeah. Because we haven't really had a chance to, to get in here and get a lot of the onboard work done. You know, one of the things that I had a client earlier uh, today that was talking to me about, he's probably about your age. How old are you, Kevin? 34. I'll, I'll be 35 yeah. in August. Yeah, he's like 36. And I said, so how are you doing with all of this? And he said, I'm really, I feel not productive. I feel really kind of anxious. And yeah. and he said, I just don't feel like I'm, I'm getting anywhere. And I said, you know, one of the things yes. that, I've told a lot of people that they might think about doing is thinking that this practice of being intentional about your own health and the health and well-being of others, if you can focus on that intention, then you, you will, it'll help you feel productive in that Mm. because it's a different sort of being productive. You're productive participating in the healing of this country, mm. you know, I and like then, that Janice. I've never thought yeah. about that. Me and then you have an intention with it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, and I'm really, really working on this because I'm, you know, not, I'm at the lake right now and I'm, I'm really being careful about what I'm doing. And that really is my intention. My intention right now is to stay healthy and to help my husband stay healthy yeah. and other you know, people and, stay healthy. Yeah, so if you if you can approach it from that angle, it might help you a little bit feel like, well, this is being very productive and we are being productive in the healing of this nation. Mm, yeah. Because if we don't if we don't do it, it's not gonna go away. Yeah. Another thing that's strange while. though is there's a feeling of guilt almost for being depressed because I don't have that much reason to, you know, I mean, I, things are still pretty good. I'm working. I have my wife who I love dearly. We have a nice home. And, you know, it's like some people during all this have it way worse. It's mm-hmm. like, I don't have what right do I have to be all sad and anxious and depressed about this. But, you know, it, you can't help how you feel. And it just seems well, to be snowballing as things get worse. Well, Kevin, it's it a feeling is just a feeling. And I don't I I really urge people to really work on not feeling guilty for having their feelings. Feelings are not facts. They're just feelings. It's emotion. It's energy and motion that's in your body. And so there is actually a lot of times we're either an either or feeling person. I'm either feeling happy or I'm feeling depressed. And then I feel guilty if I'm depressed, let's say. 
then you say, okay, well, actually I can have both of those in the same place. I can feel grateful and still feel some low energy or some low level depression because of, you know, because you can't work the way you're used to working and you can't be with some of those new people. So, because what if what you're doing is if you, if you are criticizing and feeling guilt and shame about being having those feelings, then you're shaming yourself for being human. Yeah, and absolutely. Yeah. So you might t think about that a little bit, you know, I just, I'd like to consider myself a fairly uh, practical, logical person. And it's not logical or practical at all for me to be feeling <laughs> sad and sorry for myself. You know, it's just, it's kind of ridiculous, but well, I see what you're logic, saying. But logic and thinking is not feeling. That's our, that's your thinking Good. reality and not your feeling reality. They're two separate things. So you can say, wow, today I'm feeling really anxious and, um, and kind of low mood, a little depressed. And then that's that. And then your thinking reality could be, well, I do have a lot to be grateful for so I can have that. So there's room for all of that in the same space. It's good. That is a great way to look at it. Mm-hmm. I think it'll help. I think so too. Yeah, that's really Thank good. You. Yeah, I no, I bet that welcome. little that little mini therapy session just helped yeah. a lot of people. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, didn't mean to take you guys on a Kevin no, segment, but hey, I appreciate no. it. You know what, Kevin? I think, I think a lot of people are dealing with those same. I mean, you and I were talking before we got yeah. on air how we we both have felt the weight of. Of this. Yes. And know? another thing is I could be more productive. Absolutely. But my drive is so low and I hate that about myself because I've never had that problem. I've always been a very driven, you know, I enjoy having my work ethic and ambition and that kind of stuff. And it just seems like everything is taking a back seat and kind of stalled out lately. And mm -hmm. I hate that. Yep. Well, you're not, you're never going to be perfectly ambitious and perfectly driven because you're human. So that's, that's the thing that will help you if you can be moderate with yourself on that, because that's just, that's your critical thinking that is, 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 you know, having the expectation that you should not feel this right. and feelings are not shoulds. They are just, that's just energy and motion. And we want to just recognize them. I always say, and I think I said this maybe last time, you know, when I'll be like, Oh gosh, there's sadness entering. Come in, sadness, sit with me for 10 minutes and then you can go on. You know, so I really kind of try to honor some of those feelings so that they will dissipate because whatever we resist is going to persist. So if you're like, I shouldn't feel it, I can't feel it, blah, 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 then that will just make it larger. That's really good. I love that. I love whatever we resist will persist. It's so uh -huh. freaking true. And it will, it man, it'll keep showing up. It'll keep coming yeah. back. Yeah. Because we got to get through it. You, yeah. can't, you can't skip over it. No. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Okay, yeah. so today, um, I can't, I w we were saying before we got on air that I cannot believe you and I have not ever discussed this before. We probably have in like, in passing, but we've never concentrated or had a full episode. And I yeah. mean, Janice, I really do just need to thank you one more time. You have no idea how many people every single time you're on or like, I just love Janice. I just, and you are, you are so wise. You're so good. You're so, 
you and uh, people who um i mean i've gone to you for years for therapy but other people who've also gone to you and we talk about you and how much we love you like going to you well going to your coming out of your office is like drinking a big glass of water it's like getting a hug from your mom it's it it's like you you leave and you just think okay it's all going to be okay and you have given me that feeling for years and to see and hear that you're that through the remedy you give now are giving thousands of people that feeling is such a gift Janice so i just i really want to oh, thank Tova, you for is- that Oh my gosh, that is, you are so sweet. That is so kind. And I appreciate those very, very, very kind words. Well, it's true. I've had that feeling from both of y'all. Well, (laughs) what'd she say? Kevin. I said, I've had that feeling from both of you guys. Oh, Kevin. So don't sell yourself, sell yourself short, Toby. You can do it too. (laughs) You guys both have that ability. We need to get together and just hug. Yes. We do (laughs) need a big group. If the world doesn't end. (laughs) The world doesn't end. We're all, don't worry. We're going to hang up here and we're Kevin and I are on our way to the lake house. Oh yeah. Just give us the address. <laughs> yep. Come on. It would be great. I'll my wear my mask. Is- I'll stay six feet away. I'll obey all the rules. We're a mask in the water. <laughs> oh God. So one the of- only problem is we just have really like, Two bedroom. Well, we actually have three, so I guess you two wouldn't. Have Girl, to sleep I'll sleep in on the couch. That's what I was about to say. I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I, 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 kitchen I'm not counter, picky. blanket, pillow. I'm good. You got an island. Oh, I got funny. it. <laughs> Back patio furniture. <laughs> yeah, <I> do. <laughs> Is there a fan? I'm there. Yeah. Uh, okay, so today we're talking about something that has. Like you and I were saying, we we I can't believe as much as as much as good as you are about talking about this and helping people heal um, from this. I can't believe that we haven't talked about it all together. But we are talking about um, how important it is to uh, family of origin, family of origin work, family of origin discovery family of origin healing. Um, I'd never heard the term family of origin until I came to you for counseling. And so Uh Janice, why don't you as the like guru of this, just give us, if, if I was to say, okay, well today we're talking about our family of origin work. What, what is that? What does that even mean? Well, first of all, um, I am not the guru. I have been blessed You're my guru. <laughs> to <laughs> Okay. I'll be yours. But no, I have been I've been early on when I first got my uh degree, my master's degree after my divorce, uh I got I had the privilege of training under a woman named Pia Melody at the Meadows. She was clinical director at the Meadows Treatment Center in Arizona. And um she's the one that really kind of defined the essence of the family of origin and how that affects us in our adult lives. And so I, um, I just talk about what she discovered. So, um, 
but what what happens is is that when ch when children are born they are as precious as anyone could ever be that there are i mean if you go and you you stand at a nursery window and you look around and you try to pick out the bad baby mm -hmm. there are none and so then what happens is that as that child is being raised by imperfect parents who had imperfect parents who had imperfect parents yep. then some of the parenting um skills that were used were not very effective well they might have been effective but they were damaging to the child's sense of self and so and and so what happens when that sense of self i am enough i am as valuable as any human being that has ever walked this earth when that starts to the realization from outside influences that they are not enough then that's when the woundedness begins and so the family of origin wounds can can be the family the the primary family like the mother and father but then it can extend on to grandparents it can extend on to sunday school teachers school teachers ministers neighbors you know all sorts of things can it be but, friends or is it just usually? Uh, yes, yes, okay. yes. Okay. No, there's okay. a peer element that really starts to uh, become apparent when kids are, once they start being teased or mm -hmm. like I grew up in Brownfield, Texas, and it's a little town outside of Lubbock and they had a lot of fluoride in their water. And so I had brown stains on my front teeth. <laughs> I have some pictures that are pretty funny but when I was like in fifth grade I remember this these the kids were teasing me and they would talk to me and say Janice just smoke cigarettes because look at her teeth <laughs> you know so so there were so that's the sort of thing that can start to affect a child's idea of themselves of course and, and so any sort of teasing about sexuality or or body image or you know not making good grades or whatever it is starts to chisel away at that this child's perception of themselves now our value is cannot be changed so the way i talk about this in my book is that the, which is called the, the shame game which you can get at amazon yes <laughs> and the uh, thank you for that commercial yep and, uh, <laughs> it's really good and too so it's like it's like a diamond we and yet it it with time and with the way people are spoken to then they they the mud starts to cover it up but the diamond is still there mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. and so when we talk about when we look at adults who have some dysfunctional behavior, which means that it, they don't function at their capacity mm -hmm. of self-love, mm -hmm. then those sort of things start to develop into addictions and eating disorders and anxiety disorders and, and different, all sorts of problems in relationships and, 
and those so those things start to affect our lives and and when you do your family of origin work when people come in and we talk about it or when you read my book you'll see how we do it and they start to look at these things that don't work for them anymore and when they recognize the place from which they came then we have ways to heal that and so what we do is we go back to that child and re condition their thinking mm. um I, i'll give you an example would that help a little bit yeah maybe, for sure think? okay so yeah. when after Please. i got my divorce i was and i think that i might have said this before anyway uh after i got my divorce i was dating this guy and we went out to dinner with some this other couple and this guy said um well what do you have to do to get your lpc name your feelings and and my boyfriend um, just laughed with him and blah, 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 blah. And after dinner, I said, you know, take me home. And I was so mad at him. I mean, like crazy mad at him. And I felt shame. I felt small. I felt stupid. And um, the next morning, I was on my way to an Al-Anon meeting. And I thought, wonder how old I was last night. You and wonder what? Say that again. How old I felt ooh, last night ooh. when I got so mad. And mm and felt so little and embarrassed and shame. Mm. So rather than me saying, oh, whatever, you guys are crazy. You don't know what you're talking about, you know, and just being okay with them. Just, I mean, teasing you. I don't think teasing is ever particularly great, but mm -hmm. I think that I, but I was like reactive. I was furious. And so, um, and then I remembered when I was young, I can remember my dad had five brothers and, I can remember being little and they were all in a circle and we were at my grandmother's and they would all get together and talk and they were in this circle and my sister uh, set this firecracker that a Texas twister and you know, that goes and it goes, oh, yeah. and then it explodes kind of in my direction and I started crying and, and all my uncles started laughing and calling me a crybaby and teasing me and that sort of thing. And so that when I was going to that meeting that day after having dinner with my boyfriend, I thought about that and I was like, oh my gosh, that's how old I felt. Mm. I felt like eight years old. And then because I felt eight years old, I went into my teenager who was, you know, kind of like, you know, screw you. I'm out of here. Take me home. I don't want to have anything to do with you. You know, then you know, going to Sally Wright's house. I've talked smoking about cigarettes, <laughs> drinking beer and smoking cigarettes. And uh, love Sally. <laughs> oh God. We all have a I'm Sally. Where, where is she? <laughs> In the COVID. <laughs> but, um, but so, you know, so that was that reactivity. So, and what I realized was that's kind of how I had done so much of my life. If somebody teased me or didn't say something kind, I would shrink and become little and feel inferior and not feel valuable. And, and then I would cover that up with being an adolescent and being aggressive or, you know, fighting back or all those things. And so that when is you, so when, fascinating. So when you realize where that, who that is, so I can say, oh gosh, that's that eight year old. Yeah. Or, or, oh, yeah, there's that 16-year-old, love her, but she's, but she's not good at relationships, you know? Yeah. And so then you start, you start, what, what I do with people and what they, they don't need me to do it, they can learn it from my book or other therapists, but, but then they, they, they reparent those little girls. And so what I would say to that little girl is, 
you know what? You are valuable. And just because those men were, were teasing you, which was not okay, you are so precious no matter what. And because what a child learns to do is learns to de define their inside from the outside. When children are born and you look at them, they are full of themselves. Mm -hmm. They cry it's all about when they're themselves. hungry. They scream. They all, get whatever they want. Yes, they have no problem yes. saying how they feel. Yep. Until we start telling them to stop. Yep. Or until when they get angry and they hit somebody, we hit them. Mm -hmm. Or we spank them. Or they don't, or, yep. you, know, you know, rather than say, okay, now let's talk about this behavior. That behavior needs to stop. It is not okay, but you are precious. So you really, in real effective parenting, which I wasn't great at this back in the day at all, <clears throat> um, before I learned it all, but, but you know, they... You know, when you learn to differentiate between someone's value and their behavior, mm -hmm. then their value, they don't lose their, their value. Yeah. And that's and that a really important thing to give to your, not to give to your children, but to, to foster in with your children. And we do yeah. not, we are not effective. We are not always effective. Well, we so many of us parent the way we were parented, right. and we'll be like, "Well, my parents thank me. It's okay. Look how I turned out." And I'm always thinking, "Well, you're in here. <laughs> you're actually sitting on my couch." So, <laughs> but you know, but, but 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 so the so what we want to be able to do is to make sure that that I mean, when I worked with the criminals, I said them all, I told them all the time, you are not what you have done. Mm. You are a precious child of God. And what you have done was not okay. Yeah. It was not okay. But you You're are as precious so okay. as anyone. Mm -hmm. So if we lined up against a wall, Osama bin Laden, Adolf Hitler, Mother Teresa, Billy Graham, me, you, Kevin, you know, which is the bad person? None of them. Yep. Yeah, I There's do no believe that thing. too. I Me believe too. that. Yeah. And you know, when you read the history of like Adolf Hitler or Osama bin Laden, they were terribly abused children. And so, you know, that's so that family of origin work is just so important because it affects the way we live our lives. Sure. And it certainly affects the way we pick our partners. It's I mean it is so unbelievable how it affects how we pick our partners. Yes. I mean, it, it's almost scary how much control our family of origin has over and, 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 and how much we're trying to work out our childhood stuff with the people we choose. Right. Which, which, which I never work. knew that. I never knew right. that until you, until I was getting divorced. And I was like, wait, what? I mean, I married my dad, who's yeah. a total yeah. emotionally unavailable, avoidant, you know. I mean, when I was getting divorced, everyone was like, wait, what? Like, I, I would have said I would have got divorced before you got divorced. Right. Because right. he and I, we did not fight. We always got along. Everything was great. Well, 
everything was not great. And we didn't, mm -hmm. you know, we, we just avoided, we just avoided. So all kinds of stuff was going on. And every day I would walk past him and every day he would walk past me because that's what I knew. That's what right. I knew. Right. And right. I mean, until you figure that out, I mean, and what I know and what I've learned from you is that's my tendency. Like I, I will always have a tendency to be more attracted to the emotionally avoidant <laughs> man because I'm trying to work that out. You know, I'm trying well, to. Well, you, that's what you knew. It's what and I knew. So, and it's not in your brain as much as it's kind of in the fiber of your being. Totally. So, you know, people that come in and they, one of them have had an affair. I'm always like, okay, which one of your mother or father had an affair? I, I, and there's always one or yeah. which one of you your have said a hundred percent of the time, a hundred percent of the time. That's, and, it's, it's always say, the case. And it wasn't mine. My, yeah. Or you say, you know, uh, who was that? Who was an alcoholic or who had an addiction? Mm -hmm. You know, well, my family system did not have an addiction, but I, you know, I was always like, well, it wasn't my family, but honestly and truly my parents were probably what you would call a religious addict. Mm. and they and we were in which is equally you know, so, as dangerous as alcohol in yeah, my opinion yeah or a food addiction mm -hmm. or you sex know, addiction a work addiction mm -hmm. a sex addiction so it's just a really interesting thing because those those little people we condition them like pavlov's dogs you know that do you know who pavlov was oh yeah <laughs> Oh yeah, yeah, I know all about that. You know, that. ring the bell to get mm -hmm. the food, you mm -hmm. know? So your mm -hmm. bell's rung and you're like, okay, well that feels comfortable. And even if it's comfortably miserable, it is what we know. Yeah. And so then I had to spend a whole lot of time working on my picker because I had, I had picked um, emotionally unavailable boys and men all my life. And, and then I had a fear of abandonment thing from my mother had some depression and was in bed and my dad worked a whole lot. And so there was a little bit of a neglect in there. Not, not ter I mean, I was fed and clothed and all of that, but they weren't emotionally available enough. So I was attracted to emotionally unavailable men, which are very difficult to have relationships with because once you start getting really have emotional intimacy into me, you see, and into you, I see they tend to run. They tend to go. And then that would trigger in me my fear of abandonment. So so I would do the same thing over again and expect different results because mm -hmm. of how, what I was attracted to and then their reaction and then my reaction to their reactivity. Makes and so it, much I would sense. Have never, until I did my own work, I probably would have never been attracted to Tom. Mm -hmm. And Tom had done a lot of his work too. You know, mm -hmm. but but the old Tom was a little more avoidant, so I probably would have been attracted to him in college or something like that. <laughs> but the adult Tom is not that way. Mm -hmm. And so had I not done my work, I probably wouldn't have been attracted to him. Yeah. Makes so much sense. Yeah. And and, and which is which is a really, really important thing. It, it's kind of like a to me, it's been like a gauge. Okay. Yeah. Th these are the kind of people that I'm, 
uh, I'm attracted to, what does that say about me? What does that say about where I am? And not as a judgment or like, but you really can learn a lot about yourself <laughs> and, yeah. and, and even friendships. I would even say friendships. I mean, I, well, and you know what happens with friendships that is particularly interesting, I think, is that as women, we will be attracted to, if we are attracted to avoidant men because our fathers were kind of emotionally unavailable or very emotionally unavailable, we will tend to pick friends that are emotionally unavailable and then have drama with them mm -hmm. because, you know, until you work on it mm -hmm. and, and, and learn to pick people, even female friends who are very emotionally available, non-critical, non-dramatic, not, they're not going to blow up and get mad at you all the time. You know, it, you, you stabilize all of your relationships. Yes. Yes. You really do. It, you know, when, when, I mean, I've, I've, I have really always had great friends and healthy girlfriend relationships, but I have to say like, going through my family of origin, doing that work. Like I have no room. I have no room for drama. I have yeah. no yeah. room for gossip. I have no room for, for those, that energy. I don't want it. I don't like it. I, I, I don't have it. I just don't have it. And every single one of my girlfriends, I mean, you, you have met so many of you count. Oh, they're you, so precious. You, you, I love them. Yes. You, every Christmas I have a dinner with my dear, dear friends and you've sat around that table. Like oh, it is, well, they're just, we lift each other up. We mm -hmm. love each other. Well, we, nobody's backstabbing. Like there's no drop. I mean, I can't even remember the last fight fight. I got in with a girlfriend. Like, well, Tova, so what was your mother like in her friendship? Did your mother have friends? My mom was an amazing friend. Yeah, that's, that's good. She, that's probably why you. Mm -hmm. She and her girlfriends meant the world to her. Uh -huh. and, and especially, I mean, I've never even thought about that, Janice, but like when, when my dad left my mom, my mom was very sick and, you know, essentially, um, so my dad left in 99 and my mom died in 2003. No, my dad left in 98 and my mom died in 2003. But I mean, it re oh. really was just, and, and she was sick for 14 years. So my dad left when my mom was sick. And so it was really left to the, uh, the kids are us kids and my mom's friends and my mom's uh -huh. friends really, really stepped up. They really were truly amazing. But I mean, you, you know, all about my family of origin stuff and it, it's messy. I mean, I have, yeah. I had a messy, messy childhood and yeah. my mom, my mom affected me deeply my dad affected me deeply. And there are so many times, Janice, I mean, I love how you were telling 
Kevin in the beginning, like have grace with yourself because there's so many times where I will, like how you reacted, you were talking earlier about uh, your boyfriend and how like you can react. Like I, even Anna put in last week, she, she, um, you know how precious my kids are and we have such a good, good open relationship. And my daughter and I, Anna Prynne, we're so close. I mean, we're so close, but we've kind of gone through this little itsy bitsy little bump in the road, like, you know, a little bit of a rough patch. And I asked her like, you know, I feel this and I want to know what I can be doing. Like I, you know, I have two years left with you. That's it. Mm -hmm. You know, before Mm -hmm. you leave, we're, we're right now we are building the foundation of, of our future of, of our relationship for forever. Like I want it to be good, you know, I, and, and so let's fix this. What am I doing? What can I do? And she said, mom, sometimes you just don't listen. Like sometimes it's just your way. And, Uh and you, Uh and I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I'm so sorry. I, I, I understand what you're saying. I see it in myself. Like, there's, yeah. there's parts, regardless of how much work you do. And I know, you know, this and see this in yourself. And I just feel like I want to say it because even when you've done all the work and you've, <laughs> and you've paid all the money for great therapy, there's parts of us that like sneak in, you know, there's that old Tova, that little girl Tova that sneaks in to protect herself. Yeah. I see it dating I see it in dating, like, yeah, you know, yeah. dating, dating, uh, I think in my personal romantic relationship is where, where my family of origin stuff comes out because it's, yeah. it's so risky. Why is that? Why does it come out well, so much more in that than? Because I think that we realize that our relationship with our children is going to change. It's going to be altered. They're going to leave the nest and go on and do their life. And, and I'm not supposed to, to be the center of my children's universe. I'm not supposed to be their number one concern, you know. And so we, we evolve from that. But our significant other relationship is the most, is the most long-lasting that is directly influential in our day-to-day being, mm-hmm. you know. So I think that's the one. And so when you're dating, you're, you're you know, you're, is my cute friend said when I got a divorce, she said, Janice, you just need to go on down that cafeteria line of men. She said, you she said, don't make sure and look through the sneeze guard and you'll, you will, you might, you pick up one thing and it's a, and it's an appetizer and you may think that's an entree and you taste a little of it and you're like, mm, no, I'm putting that back. And then, and then you'll get an entree. And that looks pretty good, but the vegetables stink. So you have to put that back too. It was so funny, but it's really so true because when you're dating, you are going down that cafeteria line of men. And I mean, there are some that look pretty dadgum good, but you get a taste of it and it is poisonous. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's so true. You know, it's so so true. It's just so, and the thing about it is, you know, those, what I what I learned to do was to adore those little children that lived in me. So one of the activities mm. that I did, and I love this, 
is I would picture myself driving a minivan and my entire car was filled with little Janice's. So there was this little bitty bitty girl that was in the back seat in a car seat. And I would just look back there at her and because I have pictures that I took out and this activity, similar activities in my book, but I would lay out all these pictures beginning at like an infant. And I would just tell that little girl over and over and over again, you are precious. You are so precious. You are so precious. I love you, love you. And then I'd look at the, at the four-year-old and the four-year-old would go, well, do you see me? Do you see me? Do you see me? <laughs> or, or the five, the, you know, when I was five, I started tap dancing and singing and all that. And I was trying to perform and like performing and how am I doing? How am I doing? How am I doing? And I would say to that little girl, you don't have to perform anymore. Mm. You're valuable just because you breathe. You don't have to do it right. You don't have to tap dance. You don't have to do all those things. And then, so good. you know, and, and then the, the one that was making good grades and thought, you know, well, I have to do this. I have to be the best. I have to be number one in my class. I have to do this. And I say to that child, no, 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 you don't. half ass sometimes half ass is good enough, <laughs> you know. And, and then, you know, and then the, the, you know, and then there's that 16 year old is like, get me out of this car. Mm-hmm. I want to go to Sally right south. And she's a runner. So anytime there was conflict in a relationship, I wanted to run. Me too. And that was my I still have that. I still have that. I, I, yeah. So unhealthy. You got to, you've got to say, okay, why do you want to run? And then, you know, well, because he, he did one thing that wasn't, that didn't work. And I'm like, no, 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 we're not running. Mm -hmm. We're not running because of that. Mm. You know, you, you, if he cheats on you, yeah, run. Mm-hmm. If mm-hmm. he ca- if he abuses you verbally or physically or sexually, run. Mm-hmm. You know, so for you, sure. So you know those things, but but, so but he 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 left the the dishes in the sink. Like you don't get to <laughs> you don't get to yeah. run. Mm-hmm. No, well you can. But well you you'll can. Regret it. Yeah, you will regret you know? it. And so those so when you can real compassionate with those parts of yourself. So like Kevin earlier when we were talking and you were like, I get so hard on myself because I don't, I, I'm normally really ambitious. That's a kid in you. Mm. That's somebody in you that says you've got to be ambitious all the time. And, and that's, so, you know, we have to be, so that's some of those dysfunctional things that create some things in our life that, that is not loving to ourselves. Yeah. So Janice, and, going back to the original story of you with your boyfriend and you were like, I'm out of here. What if you were in your adult self, just uh-huh. for example, like I, uh-huh. I would really like the example. How would you, if, if adult Janice was in control, what would adult Janice have done? I would have said to I probably with the the other guy at the table, I probably would have just said, well, you really don't know what you're talking about. And then just let it go. And with my boyfriend who was laughing and stuff with him, I would have said, you know, after we left there, I would say, "Um, there's something that's bothering me. Would you be willing to hear it? Mm. And then, you know, he'd say, yeah. And I would say, you know, when, when we were at that table and that guy was being unkind to me, I, if you can't have my back, which Mm. I understand he's your friend, just keep your mouth shut, please. 
because mm. I didn't like it. And I don't like to be teased like that. And I want you to stop it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I'm not going to roll over and play dead. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to ask for what I want and I'm going to be honest, but I'm going to talk about myself instead of criticizing him and running. Mm. You know, and I that's think... conflict resolution from an adult standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I bet you so many people that are listening, including me right now, like, so it's so much easier and yet so not healthy to just be like, get me out of here. Take me home. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, because, and, and whenever I have done that, I'm doing that because I'm scared of what I'm just, I want to get out. Like I, I don't like the conflict. I don't like how I'm feeling. And so just instead of resolving it in a healthy, productive way, I just uh-huh. get me out. Just get me out. So do you think there's any way you you want to run from the relationship? Because sometimes what we'll want to do is we'll want to run from the relationship because we want to be the first to leave. Uh-huh. I, I have, not only do I have that, but I've seen so many people that it's sabotage, right? It's Uh like, before you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. Uh And that's because we believe we don't deserve the good. That's a shame. Yeah, that is. And I know so many people who do that. I mean, and I, I see it in myself. Like, wait, you're about to hurt me. Uh, uh, before uh-huh. you, before you hurt me, I'm going to hurt you. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and it, I'm going to hurt you by hurting me because I'm going to leave. Oh, and then yeah. I'll be sad. And then <laughs> depressed and totally regret uh-huh. it. Yes, uh-huh. totally. Yeah. Well, that's how that, that's how all those relations tend to be that those relations that are like, it's over, it's over, come on over. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, because- why do people, why do people run hoping somebody will chase them. What is that? Well, I don't think that's what they're hoping. I think they're running Mm -hmm. because they feel like they need to, or they're trying to get out, but then they want to come, they want it to come back over because then their fear of abandonment has been triggered. And so then they start feeling anxious about not having them there, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So that's where that kind of comes from. It's, I don't think it's the, I don't think, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure that people might do that. But but I think predominantly it's more of a protective device. I'm going to leave, mm. but then once you leave, and you're probably kind of serious about leaving, but then once you leave, you're like, oh, 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 my gosh. Then that anxiety mm-hmm. pops in, and mm-hmm. you're like, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, oh, my gosh, what am I going to do? I want him, I want him, I miss him, you know. And that's just the little girl that mm. has the fear of being alone. Mm. So, yeah. Why? And wh- that all comes from family stuff. Okay. That's what I was about to say. So, so what is, so, um, if somebody is afraid and I know a lot of people like this, uh, like they're just, they cannot be alone. I mean, I forced my, and probably at the, probably with like a good nudge from you, like spend some time alone. And I did like when I was getting divorced, I was alone and I stayed uh-huh. alone. I forced myself. I mean, it's not like it was hard. It's not like I was right. like, oh, I want to go out tonight or, but I did not go out. I did not date. Like I just didn't, I didn't, but so, so, and men, men probably have 
a worse reputation about this. Like you hear, you know, whether it's a spouse that's died or, a or somebody gets divorced and it's like, he cannot be alone. You know, he, uh-huh. he could, uh-huh. what, what, what is that? What is that? Well, I think that that it's that, that. And plenty of women some... have that too. I mean. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I did. And I think that that is, that comes from a, a place of when the parents are not physically or emotionally available enough then that's where the child feels alone and that's where that abandonment comes in. You know, even adults say you abandoned me and I'm like, no, you cannot be abandoned. If we put you on the front porch, you will get up and walk away, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. but a baby can't. Mm -hmm. And so, but a lot of that is from parents who are emotionally available. Sometimes parents who were sick or like when my mother was had depression, she was in bed for a while and I can remember, and I'm, I was probably eight, I, rem- I can see so clearly that house and me standing in that kitchen and my mother was in bed with depression and my dad was sad and he, he was not real, I mean, from West Texas. So he, in his later years, he was extremely emotionally available and tender, but then he wasn't. And, and I felt alone mm. and I was scared. Because people weren't talking to me about it. Mm -hmm. They didn't even think about saying to me, are you afraid because your mom's in bed? Mm. You know, well, let's talk about it. Mm -hmm. You know, so now we're just so much more comfortable, hopefully, talking to our children about the reality of what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so then the child is not so confused about, well, where did everybody go? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I have to say that's something that I do believe and I can't speak for everybody, but um, I felt like I was kind of always in the dark about what was going on in my family with my, and I bet with your mom, that was hard. Oh, it was really scary and really hard. And I, it's probably why I'm so vigilant about being very open. I mean, very open with my, my children. I mean, I will tell them, I apologize. I cry. I tell them all the time I bleed. Like I'm I'm just human. Like I'm just a human. I'm so sorry. Like all the things that I wish, or here's what I'm going through. Here's what we're going through. Like I have no problem talking to my children about where I am and, and where, you know, how we're doing, like we, we talk about all of it because the scariest thing for me as a child was never knowing. And when you don't right. know, it, you get really scared and you well, get, then because you feel it, but nobody's, so you can feel it in your body, but your head doesn't yes. know. Yes. Fact. Yes. Or at least enough of the fact. I don't think you need to tell kids everything, but at least enough of it to where they understand it. And Janice, that's such a great and really, I mean, that's such a really important thing for people to hear because kids know, I mean, there's an energy, right? There's an energy that kids know, kids know what's going on. I mean, Craig and I were, were driving back today talking about how, our kids know, like our kids know 
And so it's, for me, like if something isn't ideal or something needs to be discussed, like I'm always going to bring it up because as a child, I just wanted to know, you know, I just wanted to know I could handle any truth. Just, just tell me so that I can handle it because the unknown was so scary. Well, and so now let me tell you something that can come from that, that can be dysfunctional, which means that I don't, it doesn't work as well as it could. That's all dysfunction means is it's just not working as well as it could. Mm -hmm. Is that when we have this insatiable need to know, we sometimes have a hard time letting things unfold Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. we, we, you know, I love the saying, I will know what I need to know when I need to know oh, it. So it's in my notes section. To, when you told me that, <laughs> I mean. And and to try to figure it all out and need mm-hmm. to know and make a mm-hmm. plan. And I think plans are great, but but they but plans can be adjusted. And yep. so that need to know, that's why it is so important that you talk to your kids because then they know. So that won't build mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. hole in their soul that is just clamoring for knowing all mm-hmm. of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know what, Janice, what's so good about you saying it is, is the great balance of, of knowing and not knowing. Like uh-huh. there's just yeah. a whole bunch of things we don't know, but I mean, I remember you telling me, you will know what you need to know when you need to know it, because I have always wanted to be in control it, uh-huh. and which we all know is a facade. It's an illusion. Kevin hates it. (laughs) Kevin hates that, (laughs) that control is an illusion, but it is. Uh, And we've, I don't believe it. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. (laughs) You've heard it enough here that it is an illusion. And so it's like, know what, know what you can know and then let go what you don't Mm -hmm. know. Like just Mm -hmm. like, it's, it's like, it's like holding your hands out and, and, and letting sand go. And what you, what, what remains is what you need to know. And what falls through your fingers is what you don't. I mean, I don't know why I just thought of that, but, but it's, that is, that's what it's like for me. I, I, there's some things that I want to control and I can control and I will control. And then there's a whole bunch of other stuff that I can't and I won't and I don't. And that, those are the things that falls, fall through my fingers. And, yeah, and there, yeah. that's the trust that I give to God, knowing yeah. that, that ultimately he does know, and he is in control and he is so good. And because he's so good, it's all going to be okay. I mean, it's yeah. all always going to be okay. It is. And, you know, Toba, I think that that is where the, um, I'm going to tread real carefully here because I don't want to, uh, I don't want, I I don't want to offend anyone. I think that that is where we, sometimes our religiosity gets in the way because we have felt or have been told that some people are going to make it and some people aren't. Mm-hmm. And that there is a, that, that 
we I just don't think that we've been taught enough that God loves us even when we are in the depth Absolutely. of our dysfunction. Absolutely. Which is so hard to believe because when we're in the depth of our dysfunction, we don't feel lovable. And yet, and yet we have the most loving God who's standing over us saying, come on, like I got you. Like, yeah, you're the divine love. Yes. A divine love. And it's so hard for us to believe because we don't, we are such conditional people. Yeah. I think it's when you're saying, I don't like myself. How could God love myself, you know, mm-hmm. love yeah. me? Yeah. 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 And so the key there is just to love ourselves, even when we don't like ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. You it's, know, I mean, that's, that's the, that's the key. It is the key. Because I am lovable, even if I am unkind or if I am not, um, honest with somebody or, you know, I, I'm still lovable. That does not change. That is the diamond. That is the essence of who we are. It is so true. Today I was on a bike ride and I, from the lake. Yeah. I was bike riding around the lake and I was all alone and I just went on this really long bike ride and I, I was praying so hard and so long cause I, it was just me and and the birds and the deer. Uh, and, but I really thought like, I, like sometimes, and I'm sure you know what I'm about to say. I hope, I hope both of you do, but you just spend time like with yourself and with your maker and you get this sense of like, I am so loved and I am yeah. so known and it doesn't happen often. Kevin's shaking his head. I have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> Keep coming back. It must be nice. <laughs> oh, Kevin, I love you. I need to get some of that. Well, I don't it's not that it happens every day, but I just had this moment of like complete joy like it's like somebody was hugging me and it doesn't again kevin it doesn't happen every day but it's all the time for me kevin <laughs> what's wrong with you i've been waiting 34 years for my first one any day now oh, God. keep you guys posted <laughs> We'll go on a bike ride tomorrow. <laughs> you need to ride with so No kidding. <laughs> you are so oh, cute, Kevin. It, so it doesn't, funny. but it is a feel, it is that feeling of like, mm-hmm. I am so loved and I because am. Because I'm enough. Because I'm breathing. Yes. And I'm, uh-huh. I am, I can be a shitty human. I can be a shitty mom. I can be, I can be a shitty friend. I like, I, I mean, hopefully I'm not r- really shitty on all those, but there are times where I don't show up. Yeah. And yet I had this amazing sense today on my bike. I can tell you exactly where I was, where I was like, I am so loved. I'm so yeah. loved. And because I'm loved by God, it's all good. Like it, like I don't need 
anything else. I mean, every right. everything else in my life is a bonus. It really did feel like that. Like, okay, I'm here in this beautiful lake and I have a I have beautiful children and I I have great work and I have a an amazing I'm in a an, I'm in an amazing relationship like but all of those things is just in addition to who who God who God is to me like and I think that I ultimately I think that that is what doing your family of origin work yeah. gives it to brings you. you back into the truth yes yes that that is you I mean it's not it's not perfect it's I'm not perfect it's you know it's a it's it you know I can still slam doors and I can still run out but at the end of the day I can visit these places that where I feel and know know that I'm enough and I think that yeah. that's the and freedom of doing your family of origin work without a doubt Toba that was so well said and and you know the the I think the thing that we were divinely created perfectly imperfect mm-hmm. so that we would lean in that spiritual direction and lean on God. Yeah. And so that was even our imperfection was divine, yes. divinely created. Yes. And that helps me too, because then I'm like, oh, I am being human and God created me that way. Now it doesn't mean I'm going to, I'm going to try to work on that stuff. But right. Yeah. But it gives, leaves space for grace for the times that were not amazing. And Absolutely. <laughs> Amen, sister. <laughs> oh, oh, Janice, thank you so much. You know oh, how much I so love you. Welcome. I love you too. <laughs> I can't wait to get you guys out here. Y'all are going to have to come. Kevin, you can come too. It's I'm in. It's really fun. It's really pretty. Kev, we would have so much fun with you and your bride. Yeah, that would be great. Craig. It'd be so fun. Yeah. We'll do that. We will plan that. Seriously. Craig, Janice, Let's actually Tom. do this. Okay, we will. I'm, we will. I'm in. We would have so much fun. The rooms are cheap, too. Hey, we could do that. <laughs> I'll, I'll pay by Rosé. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> and Kevin by Miller Lite. There you go. <laughs> okay. We're good to go. That's a step up from my natural lights. Well, Janice, have, <laughs> a, Keystones. have a great week there, sugar. Okay. And happy fourth and stay safe safe. and healthy. I will. And we love you. Can't wait for next time. I love you guys. Thanks for having me, Kova. It's always such a privilege Uh, and an honor. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you, Janice.